Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League um, quarterfinal podcast here. I guess it's actually the divisional round. I am your host, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Koslowski. I have with me the usual suspects, Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. It's good to be here, Matt. And take your ball and go home, fighting Schleichers, Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. We're also joined tonight by the new podcast producer. He'll be sitting quietly in the corner listening to make sure we don't fuck up, which we just did. Um, making sure we don't mess up, Nate Fretz. Um, so I want to talk about, I guess, the first round of the playoffs. Basically, if you didn't have Jordan Reed in the fantasy playoffs, you kind of messed up. So Stein, if you want to talk about how it felt not being a Jordan Reed owner on Sunday... And what your thought process behind playing Travis Kelsey was? Yeah, it was frustrating. I mean, I think the thought process was I figured just about everyone was going to have Jordan Reed. And I thought maybe if there was a chance if Reed had a bad game that that's where I could separate myself. Because I liked Kelsey's matchup. I knew he tore up Houston in week one of the season. Uh, I figured he could do some damage again. And I thought, hey, you know what? If I get a good outing from Kelsey here, Reed goes down and everyone else plays him. It's always, it's always. It seems like you're always searching for that tight end victory. Wherever if that's always a key spot. If you can get a get a leg up on the competition at tight end, you're usually going to do well. But Reed comes out and puts up another monster game and kind of puts me a little behind the eight ball for the rest of the way. Kelsey has a nice game as well. Just doesn't get in the end zone. Uh, and that was kind of the difference. But uh, I had a nice week. Other than that, so I mean, I'm still hanging around. Yeah, Kelsey definitely had a nice game and. That kind of goes to a, a conversation that Ed and I have been having the last couple of weeks about when do you fade the top guy to position. Um, I was listening to some guys talk today about it, and they were basically talking about this week, do you want to fade David Johnson or not? And the guy's answer was, are there two people that you like um, better than David Johnson? Or j- like just as much as David Johnson? The guy's answer was no. He said, then you can't fade him. So I thought that was a pretty good answer, and I don't know if that um, kind of answers our question, but it gave me a better idea about fading, and I guess you liked Kelsey second yeah. last week on Reed, so that's why you went that way, and you can't, um, I guess, argue with that thought process. Ed, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. I understand fading the guy to try and get a leg up. My thing, and I started this conversation with you because I heard a guy saying it on the radio talking about how you might want to fade Reed because his owner's percentage is going to be so high. And that's when I texted you and said, I just don't get this talk. If he is a shoo-in to be the top tight end, isn't the goal to get the top guy at each position? And that's always my goal. So, I mean, I get what Stein's saying. Like, if Reed doesn't do it, he's ahead of the competition. But I feel like... That's not to me. That's not the place to take the shot because I feel like I feel like Reed was a shoe in to do what he did. He's their only target. I feel like we all knew what we were getting, um, but I guess you know with Kelsey, he, he got enough that I guess it wasn't too bad. But I don't like it, and I, I don't like doing it. So that's where I stand on fading guys that I'm really high on. I think you know with what you just said, it's got to be someone that's comparable, someone that you think can do what that close enough to what that other guy's going to do that it doesn't hurt you and kind of gives you a leg up somewhere else by saving the money. If you're putting a lineup together, I think that's where it comes from. Um, but that's just where I stand on it. Yeah, I think it definitely made more sense. I played Kelsey in a lot of my daily lineups last week, 
it made a little more sense there because the price dollars involved. The price difference was so drastic there. I just figured, you know what? There's 16 guys in here. I'm gonna play for the win. I mean, I know you can't win it in week one, but I just knew it was a spot where at least 90% probably of the people were gonna have them. I, I don't even know how many had them. Was it 13? Something like that. 12, 13. So it was right around 75, 80%. Um, I just thought that it might be a good opportunity to get it. I, I hear what you're saying, Ed. Uh, I just thought Kelsey was going to have a nice game too. I didn't think the difference was going to be that much. Really, it was. I mean, the t- the touchdown was the, was the difference. I mean, if Reed Reed doesn't get in the end zone and Kelsey does, I'm sitting here looking like a genius. But it doesn't happen, and now I'm behind the eight ball, and you guys have a little bit of an advantage on me. Yeah, so I'm trying to pull up ownerships. Um, Reed was owned by seven only. Really? Yeah. So less than half the pool had Jordan Reed. The big owners last week were DeAndre Hopkins, 14-16 had him. I think that was mainly because no one expected Houston to win and then no one wanted to miss out on that chance to have Hopkins. And then 12 people had Peterson, and I feel like that's the same thought process, and that's at least why I had those two guys, if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, um, I'll stay on Reed here a little bit longer. I think the one place that it does maybe gain you ground, Shane, is I think down the road, because we talked a little bit last week about how like if you take a quarterback in the NFC, you kind of got to stay NFC dependent with that. We talked about that a little bit at the the uh, fantasy party that we had at, at Kaz's dad's house. And I think with playing Kelsey, that you know that lets you stay in the AFC where there are still tight end plays. There's not a whole lot of tight ends to go around in the NFC. So I'm, I'm thinking down the road here, I'm going to find myself trying to string some tight ends together just to get whatever tight ends left out of the AFC because that seems to be where the options are outside of Olsen. So maybe that gives you a leg up being able to play tight ends here as we go. Um, I don't know if everyone's in the same thought process of me as staying in, staying in the conference with their picks of quarterback and tight end, but um, I think that's where you might come out ahead later down the road. When I was making my, my decision, I was actually looking at the tight end landscape and I don't know if it's as bad as we all think it is. I mean, you're looking at Seattle. They don't really have a great option to play. Arizona, I don't know if they have a great option to play. I mean, you're, you're, kind of, you're yeah. just throwing a dart. But, I mean, I feel like, obviously, with Carolina, you have Olsen. Um, obviously, I'm not, I'm not opposed to playing Richard Rodgers in a game if Definitely, I have to. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone's you're going to have to play him eventually, probably. I'm sure there'll be a few Rodgers thrown out there this week. Um, you have Gronk, obviously, if he's healthy. And I like the AFC tight ends a lot better. You got Gronk, Kelsey, Heath Miller, and then Owen whichever Daniels. whichever Denver one you prefer out of Vernon Davis and Owen Daniels. So yeah, so there's some options out there. I mean, it's going to get really thin by the end anyway. So I mean, I, I think it's probably going to be one of the areas where it kind of separates people is when when you play the, the tight end at the right time. Yeah, I'll probably be staying in the NFC until the Super Bowl, just because. Well, I think this week's a tough week. I think. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. Um, all right, moving right along. Let's just um, talk about the games this week. Um, let's just do some against the spread picks first, talking about each game. And then when we get into the um, positional plays, we'll go through each matchup and talk about who we like in each game here. So first game, four, I think 445 on Saturday, Chiefs at New England. Uh, New England's five-point favorites right now that I saw. Um, go ahead, Ed. Give us what you think, what you'd like in this game. The Patriots have gotten healthy, but now we just learned today that Gronk's banged up, and that that's huge for them. 
Yeah, I, I felt like I picked a lot of the favorites last week. I, I, I might have picked all the favorites um, last week. I'm not sure. I, I know I was saying, talking about laying a lot of points. Did you get? This were you one, on the Packers? What's that? Were you on the Packers? No, I wasn't on the Packers. That was a pick 'em though. So okay. Um, and this one, I feel like five points is a lot to lay to the Kansas City's defense. Um, so with Kansas City's defense, I think I'm willing to take the five. Um, that could easily be wrong with Edelman back, but I'd like to see Edelman before I buy into him. I think uh, with the Gronk concerns, I just don't think that I'm comfortable laying the five. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think, like Stein said in the playoffs, if you think it's going to be a close game, you're better off taking the points. So I would I would take the five with Kansas City. Yeah, one of my fantasy follow, one of my favorite fantasy follows. Um, said that Edelman's his favorite DFS wide receiver this week. Now, we're going to talk about wide receiver in a little bit. It's not as good as it was last week, definitely. But, um, Stein, you've been the Edelman guy all year. What are you expecting from him this week? Uh, I, th- I expect a good game from Edelman. I, I don't really know that the injury is going to slow him down. I think he's had enough time to recover. Generally, he's had, what, six? I think six weeks off now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's generally the time frame you need to get back. Um, it is a little concerning because he's a guy that makes a lot of quick cuts so you, you, you want to see he's fully healthy but they're playing at home it's an afternoon game uh, he's still Brady's favorite target when he plays so I think you, you're not going to get the huge game out of him I don't think but the floor with him is so high that you're not going to be disappointed with what you get you're looking at double digit performance I think all right, what are you looking at in this game? It's your two favorite franchises in the NFL, um, your old favorite, and then your favorite in the last 10 years or so. Um, I know this one tugs at the heartstrings a little bit for you. Are you laying the points? Yeah, this is uh, this is the one matchup I guess you guys have probably been waiting for me to have to pick for, for a long time, especially in the playoffs, see where my heart lies. Uh, right now on my side, I have it as New England's four-and-a-half point favorite, so you're right around four-and-a-half to five. Uh, I'm going to lay the points in this one. Uh, I know Kansas City defense is playing great. New England's banged up. I think I read somewhere today that there was an article about which quarterbacks you trust most in the playoffs. <laughs> and Tom Brady was ranked fourth. Really? And I was just looking at it. I was like, who writes this stuff? Um, the guy has 21 postseason wins, and he dominates at home. And he's the fourth quarterback that you trust in the playoffs. I, I just don't get it. This guy, I don't know when people are going to realize how good this guy really is. And when the Patriots are at home in the playoffs, I'm going to take them against an inferior opponent every time. So I think I think the Patriots win by at least a touchdown here. Um, I'm I'm on the well. First of all, let me preface this by saying I believe the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Um, Pittsburgh's a little too banged up for my liking. If they're able to somehow get through Denver this week. And obviously, I've been talking all year. I think New England's the most talented team in the AFC, and they're getting healthy, I think, at the right time, finally. But they're still banged up. And Kansas City, I just think that they have Denver's number. Everything Kansas City does well plays into their strengths against Denver. They should have beaten them twice this year, I felt like. Um, So I believe the two best teams in the AFC are in this game right here. I talked about last week. You know, couldn't you guys see Kansas City getting into the Super Bowl? Felt like I was the only person 
on that. I'm probably still the only person on that out of this group, but I'm going to take the points here too. Um, it's probably it's probably because the last two times we've seen New England play, they've been terrible, and I just watched the Chiefs melee a terrible team in the first round. Um, so I don't feel great about picking the Chiefs. Uh, New England's run defense a little suspect. Chiefs run the ball very well with Ware and West. So, and I like Alex Smith too. Guy guy seems to step his game up in the playoffs. I know he only has two career playoff wins, but I feel like he plays his best football in January. So, that's I'm taking the points here just because, like you said, Ed, close game to I think evenly matched teams. The Gronk factor haven't seen him like we don't know what he's going to look like on Sunday Saturday. I haven't seen Edelman in a long time. And I still think they really missed Deion Lewis. So, Alright, second game. Saturday night game. Packers at Arizona. Last I saw it was Cardinals given seven um, in this one. The Cardinals beat them 38-8 to just three weeks ago. It was one of the more lopsided games of the NFL season, I felt like. Everybody's going to be on Arizona here, I think. Um, they've been the sexy team out of the NFC all year, I believe. All the um, stat heads have been all over the way they play. The analytics side have been all over Arizona and the way they play. Um, Ed, I'll lead off here again with you. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Who do you like? Uh, this is definitely one that I'm willing to lay a touchdown on. I think Arizona's really explosive. I think they're really good. Um, Green Bay drew the best draw that they could in the first round with a, a Redskins team that really didn't really have much business being in the playoffs. Um, a defense that could kind of get them feeling confident. I guess that kind of is a counterpoint. Maybe Rodgers is feeling confident, but the pass rush they saw and the defense they saw against Washington isn't what they're about to get uh, this Saturday against Arizona. So... I think Arizona wins this one pretty handedly, so I'm definitely willing to lay the seven here. Yeah, I'm going to lay the seven as well. I think Arizona is just a much better team. And this Packers team just isn't the same team that, that we've come to expect from them. Uh, I don't know if it's the Jordy Nelson being out or what it is, but something's different. And it, To me, it kind of goes back to the Week 17 when they played the Vikings. That's a game where you think the Packers are going to win just about every time. And it seemed like they kind of laid down just because they knew they didn't want to get that first-round matchup against, I guess it was going to be Seattle. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were like, you know what, our best chance is if we lose, we get the Redskins and move on. And it just seems like they're a team that they knew they could play with the Redskins, but they can't play with the upper echelon teams in the NFC right now. And I, I think Arizona's just in a separate class, so... I expect Arizona to win by a couple touchdowns. I'm excited about this game, though. The last time they got together, it was a pretty wild game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was maybe eight years ago or so. Yeah. First round game. Went to overtime, I believe. Yeah. Uh, fumble return for a touchdown to end the game. Yeah, a lot of points. Of, what, yeah. 51-45, yeah, something a, like that. Yeah, it was a nice game. A lot of fun. Me and you were sitting at a Berkshire baseball banquet yep. uh, checking it then. Fretz was probably about 14 then at that time. So, um, um, You guys said everything I need to say on that game. Arizona, I think they win by probably two touchdowns. 
But I, I think Green Bay keeps it close in the first half, and then I think David Johnson just wears him down in the second half in this one. Game I'm most excited about, third game, Seattle at Carolina. Last time I saw the line, it was Carolina minus two and a half. Um, these two teams always play good games against each other. No matter, Carolina is one team that's gone to Seattle and competed um, out of the NFC. So I'm looking forward to seeing Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. Ed, what are you looking at in this game? Yeah, this is definitely the marquee matchup of the week. Um, I know we've got two highly touted defenses here, uh, but I feel like this one has the potential to be a shootout and kind of high scoring. Carolina has really allowed some points um, in a couple of the games that we've seen where everyone's talked about they they just keep finding a way to win where they let up a lot of points and, and whatever it may be. Um, for me, I think Seattle's defense may be a little bit better right now, and that probably is helped by the fact that I still don't think that Ted Ginn can carry you through a playoff. I know I've been all over Carolina this whole time, but the more and more I look at this, I just I, I think I'm willing to take Seattle on this one just because I think that their defense is going to play better. Um, if Lynch does go, I think that he can exploit the Panthers' defense a little bit. So I'm going to take Seattle. I have it at two points, which isn't really much. So I, mean, I don't think that anything under three is really all that important for the most part. I mean, it does come up sometimes, but I, I'll take Seattle. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me. I, my side has it as a Carolina minus one right now. Just... Goes to show, I don't know if it's the public perception of Seattle being in the Super Bowl the last couple of years, but I mean, this Carolina team isn't getting any respect. I mean, you're 15 and one, and you're playing against a team that was a wild card team. Would they go 10 and six? Is that what they ended up? Yes. I mean, you go 15 and one, and you're at home for your first playoff game, and you're only a one point favorite. There's, I don't know if it's they're just not getting respect, or if Seattle's just getting that much respect from from past performance. But I think Carolina's better. I think I think they're just a better team than Seattle. Uh, that Minnesota team is has a nice defense, but I feel like that's a game Seattle should have dominated, and for whatever reason they didn't. I, I don't think they're as good this year. Something I did say it to you last week. I feel like Seattle is the luckiest team in the NFL. They seem to catch every break. I mean, I know you make some of your luck, but every break seems to go their way. I just, I just think it's going to run out this time, and I think I think Carolina's going to going to win this game. So I'm going to. I'll lay the one or two points, whatever it is, and I'll take Carolina. Yeah, I've been all over Carolina with Ed most of the season. Um, I'm just going to choose to trust Cam Newton. I feel like you watch some guys in the seasons they have, and I feel like he's having one of those seasons where he's just destined to lead his team to the Super Bowl. He's been a winner. We talked about last week, I think, um, at every level. So I'm going to take Carolina here in this one, given whatever. The, as long as it stays under three, three or under, if it gets to three and a half, I would say Seattle would be the play then. Um, but I just think Seattle is um, they're running out of time here, and I don't like them having to go on the road after they just played um, a hellacious game against Minnesota in the freezing cold coming back um, one week later. So I'll take Carolina. Final game, 4.30 on Sunday. Steelers at Denver. Denver, six-and-a-half-point favorites. When they played three weeks ago, 
three or three or four four weeks ago, um, Pittsburgh was a six and a half point favorite. So obviously Pittsburgh dealing with some injuries. Ed, you've been the Steelers guy on this podcast all year long. Are you taking the Steelers in the points here? I have to because I'm not going to pick against them as a homer. But the realistic side of me knows that they don't have much of a shot in this game, I don't think. Um, They came back late in that game. Their defense was exposed in the first half and then somehow showed up in the second half, which I think was a lot of help from Osweiler missing some throws. Davis dropping a big play uh, that would have picked up a third down conversion. Um, With all the question marks and injuries, there's, there's no way that I think Pittsburgh can stay in this game. Um, I'm just hopeful that they do. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one all day because I'll, I'll unleash it. Uh, Denver, and it's not close. <laughs> this one is going to be a blowout. Uh, Denver's going to dominate from start to finish. Uh, I, I got them winning by three touchdowns. Wow. Um, for me, I, I'm going to take Denver and the points here too. I'll lay the points, sorry. My reason is this line is super fishy. Denver's not six and a half points better than Pittsburgh. Obviously, the injuries maybe make it closer to that, but Denver has a real problem scoring. Um, everyone's talking about Peyton Manning this week and how you know he may be a good DFS play potentially, but he came in a couple weeks, two weeks ago now, and they just ran the ball. Uh, he, I don't think he is necessarily back by any means. Um, but I, I like Denver here mainly because I think Vegas is just begging you to take the Steelers and the points in this one. So that's kind of my reasoning for being on Denver. What, what's your reasoning for saying three touchdowns? I mean, I just saw the way that Denver played when Peyton came into the game a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. And they just looked like a different team. They looked like the team from early in the season that was just fired up that he was back under center. I mean, the offensive line suddenly turned into all pros. The running backs looked great. The defense turned it up and, and looked like they were a top unit again. Everyone just seemed to play at a higher level. And with the injuries in Pittsburgh's side, I think that that defensive line, the Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, just going to get after Roethlisberger, knowing that he probably isn't going to be able to throw the ball downfield. And I, I honestly think they're going to have a bunch of sacks on Roethlisberger. There's going to be pressure on them all game, and I just don't think the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's going to be able to keep up. All right, so let's move on here. Let's talk about the the playoff pool that we're all in here, 16-man playoff pool. Um, I'm sitting at second right now, about one and a half points behind the leader. Stein is then eight or so points behind me in fourth. Um, Papa Kaz sandwiched in between us. I'm about five-tenths of a point ahead of him. And then, Ed, you're about 20 points back in the leader, still within striking distance. What... I forget, who did you play that caused you to be 20 points back? Uh, my running backs killed me. The combination of uh, Lacey. Pearson and Morris just oh. didn't, didn't, do, didn't do anything. Um, I was probably the last guy in the world to buy into Alfred Morris, and I wish I would have never bought into him because um, they just didn't give him enough touches. Uh, we were all watching that game, and... I kept saying, like, every time he gets a handoff, it's a 10-yard clip, and they just kept checking him out. And then when the score got bad, it was all Chris Thompson, and that's what killed me. 
So we're all definitely still in the hunt here. Um, Fegley joined us last week. He's about 40 points back of the leader. And then there's somebody at the bottom here with 58.9. He can, that was thanks for the donation. Um, you're pretty much out of it already. So let's move into the quarterbacks then. Quarterbacks in the KC and New England game. Actually, let's do Saturday games. So the quarterbacks in the Saturday games are Alex Smith, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Palmer, Carson Palmer for Arizona. Um, who do you guys like best out of those four for the pool purposes this week? I like Palmer. Um, I think he's got the best matchup. And, you know, I was saying it before we came on air. Uh, for me, never having done one of these playoff pools before, I'm just going to play matchups every single week and then try to fit something together together in the Super Bowl. Um, hopefully if I'm playing the best matchups and people are saving for the Super Bowl, I can maybe find myself out in front. I, I hope to be closer to the lead than I was after the first week, but for me, I think it's Palmer. Yeah, I think Palmer's the top play for Saturday. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board in that game, I feel like. I think Arizona's going to have more of them, so I like Palmer to be the best play for, for Saturday's games. Yeah, Palmer's probably the top play, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brady puts up a 303 touchdown game. Um, if I didn't think New England was going to probably go to the Super Bowl, I would definitely consider playing Brady this week. So, Palmer's a consideration too for me, but I think I'm going to try and hold on to him for next week because I think Arizona is the most likely team to win this week. So I'm going to try and save on him, thinking that I'm with you, Ed, in this Seattle-Carolina game, that there's going to be some points there. So the Sunday quarterbacks are Wilson and Newton in the first game, Big Ben and Manning in the second game. Um, I'm going to use either Wilson or Newton. Haven't decided which one yet. Right now I'm leaning, I believe, towards Russell Wilson if I had to pick someone right now. Um, where are you guys at with these four quarterbacks? Uh, when I did my rankings, I, I did them for the whole weekend. I went Palmer, Brady, and then I put Manning in the third slot. And I think it's just because I think the Steelers' defense is going to be on the field a ton, and they're not great at stopping the pass. Sanders kind of torched them with Osweiler the first time they played uh, the whole first half. And... Uh, I think with Manning back, you know, I mean, he hasn't thrown the ball a lot in that game. He came back. But I just think that the Steelers' offense is going to struggle this game. I think they're going to be on the field a ton. And I think Manning could possibly put up more points. There's still that threat of that Seattle-Carolina game where it it does become a defensive battle. um, And it is low scoring. I don't think that's the case, but there's still that threat of it with these two defenses. There's definitely a threat of some turnovers and stuff like that from both quarterbacks. So I had it Manning, Newton, and then Wilson out of the Sunday games. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cam Newton as my top play for Sunday. Uh, I have it Newton, Wilson, Manning, and then Ben. Uh, and that's just basically because I don't know if Ben's going to be fully healthy and if he's going to even play the whole game. I mean, one bad shot and he could be out and we could be seeing Landry Jones chuck it around. So I think Newton is going to have a nice game this week against uh, Seattle. And a little bit of an overrated defense, so I expect big things from Cam. Yeah, Newton's played pretty well against Seattle. I think he had 
um, like 270 yards passing, a touchdown or two, and some rushing yards. Obviously, the rushing yards are what you're looking for at a can that separates him from other quarterbacks. Um, so I, I have Newton probably slightly ahead of Wilson, but I, I still may play Wilson just because I think Carolina wins the game, and then I have two options at quarterback for next week. I'm not tied into any one particular, so... Still kind of tossing that around. Um, Let's move on to running backs. So, I guess first, would would you guys consider playing any of the New England running backs? I guess it's really just James White at this point. Um, Any consideration for playing James White this week? Um, It's in the back of my mind. I tossed around as we talked the other night about possibly playing James White just because I feel like this defense is good enough that I feel like they're going to have to use their pass catching back, which is White. I don't know where I stand on it right now. I mean, the running backs are just so spread thin. And Fegley said it last week when he came on with us, this is going to be the key to who wins this playoff bracket. That's what has me behind the leaders right now. And I think it's going to be what allows someone to separate or maybe what allows it to keep it bunched up if if no, no running backs really separate themselves from week to week um, I just think you got to get it right and it's going to be tough to do I would definitely consider using White this week uh, I think using the Patriots running back especially the pass catching option is, is always a pretty safe play they seem like they're going to get 4 or 5 catches minimum every game and there's not a whole lot of guys in town to take take those looks away from White out of the backfield, but I'd also consider using Steven Jackson. Uh, Alfred Blue had a, just about 100 yards last yeah. week against the Chiefs. I think 50 of them were on one. I run. I mean, 50 but... were on one run, but I mean, he had 99 yards yeah. out of the backfield. I mean, if you if you can get 10 points from a, from your running back, it seems like that's kind of the key here. And I could see Jackson being able to run the ball a little bit this week. All right, so obviously, if Sharkandrick, I mean, if Spencer Ware doesn't play, he didn't practice yesterday. But the, from what I've heard, no one's really worried about him not playing. But if he were to somehow be inactive, Sharkandrick West becomes a top play this week, um, being the main guy in Kansas City, New England, kind of a suspect run defense. But do you guys have Spencer Ware ahead of Sharkandrick West if they both play? I do. Um, I just think he – I don't know what the numbers were for last week, but watching that game, it seemed like – Ware was much more of the guy than West was. I don't know if the numbers panned out that way. I didn't look into it. Um, but, yeah, I, I have Ware on my team a lot more than West. Um, but like you said, if Ware doesn't go and he doesn't play or he's limited in what he's doing, West definitely takes a big jump up and becomes someone that I feel like you almost have to have in. Yeah, if Ware's not playing, I mean, I think you have to play West in this format. Uh I don't know many people that think the Chiefs are going to win. I mean, I could see them winning the game, but if West is going to be the only guy in town and they're a team that you think is going to lose, I feel like why not use him if he's going to get all the touches? I mean, if he's going to get all the touches, you got to figure he's going to get somewhere close to 10 points at least. So, Especially with Macklin being doubtful or whatever yeah. he is. So, I mean, there's just so many limited options. Uh, he's going to have to touch the ball probably 20 times. So if you can get that out of your running back and, and you're not going to have to worry about him Moving on in the playoffs, it's definitely a guy you have to consider. Yeah, so looking at the next game then, 
Is David Johnson going to be universally owned in this thing, or do you think a lot of guys are going to save him? I'm not sure. I, I don't know what people are going to do. I know I've said it this podcast. I said it last podcast. I'll say it again. I'm going to play the best matchups and then try to piece something together in the Super Bowl. So I think it would be a shock if I send my lineup in on Saturday morning and Johnson's not a piece of my lineup. Um, and for me saying that, I just feel like I don't. I, I know that they have a very good shot at getting to the Super Bowl. So for me, I, I don't want to try and save him for the Super Bowl. If I don't use him this week, I feel like I have to use him next week because I don't want to miss out on him. So if I'm going to use him before the Super Bowl in one of the next two weeks, I'd certainly rather use him against Green Bay than I would against Carolina or Seattle. So that's my thought process, and I think that's why I'm going to find Johnson in my lineup that I send in on Saturday morning. Well, I don't think he's going to be universally owned. As we saw last week, there's going to be some some differing viewpoints on how people go about filling out their lineups, but he's certainly going to be highly owned. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. We have 16 guys. I, I would say a good marker is going to be about 12, 13 teams are going to have him. Oh, really? I, think I, so. I didn't think it would be that high. but I think it's going to be right around 12. Uh, he, I think he's the top running back play of the week. Uh, like Arizona to put up a bunch of points, and David Johnson is has the best matchup out of all the running backs, I feel like. So I think he's going to be highly owned, but not everyone's going to have him, just based on what we saw last week from lineups. You're going to be one of those 12 or 13? I will probably be one of those 12 or 13. Yeah. Oh, all right. I I always consider you someone that's going to save, so that's uh, it's good to know that I'm changing you slowly here in fantasy <laughs> sports. Um, I'm, I'm playing Dave Johnson. Have to. Don't want to miss out on... I think he's the best running back left out of all of them, if, especially if D'Angelo never comes back. So um, you got to have the top guy in. You got to get him all while you still can. Who do you, who do you guys like better out of the Green Bay backfield? We talked about how we think Green Bay is going to be chasing points. To me, that means it's a Starks game. But I think I see Stein has Lacey as his second running back. On his list here, so I'll be interested to hear what he says. Ed, where do you lean? I lean Starks. Watching that game last week, if Lacey doesn't rip off those two big runs there, I don't think he gets close to what Starks did. Um, I just think he's the better guy right now. Um, He's more versatile. I think they're going to use him more in a game where they may not be able to run the ball too well against a, a good Arizona run defense. I feel like they may utilize that screen game that they've leaned on an awful lot and it seems like they don't let Lacey catch the ball much anymore like they did um, all the way back on Thanksgiving Day when I feel like he caught like a hundred screen passes. Uh, It seems like Stark's kind of taking that role over Um, but it's been kind of back and forth with the both of them if you know Stark's fumbles have kind of weeded him out a little bit but um, it seemed like last week it was more of a 50-50 split um not even a 50-50 split because Cobb got a lot of carries too, it seemed like, uh, certainly for a receiver. But I lean Starks for sure. I'm going to lean Starks too. This list was just written down in uh, no particular order. (laughs) So watching that game last week, I felt like that was a game that Eddie Lacy could have dominated. I I feel like it was one he should have, and they're just not giving him the ball enough for me. Uh, I'm going to lean Starks here just for the reasons you guys were saying. I think there's going to be 
a lot of throwing coming from the Green Bay side, and Lacey doesn't fit into that uh, area of their offense. So I'm going to start to the slight edge over Lacey, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be as wide a gap as we think. I don't, I don't really love either of them. Yeah, I'm on Starks, too, as far as those two guys are concerned. Um, when it comes to the next game, Seattle versus Carolina, who do you guys like better? Jonathan Stewart coming off a multi-week injury, or do you guys like Kristen Michael, who's shown some signs of life? And do you guys even consider Marshawn Lynch an option at this point? Uh, I, from what I'm reading... Again, this week, Lynch is practicing in full. Coaches are optimistic. They like what they see. All the same stuff we read going into last week, thinking that he was going to go. With that being said, I, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of this from Shane, uh, listening to the comments he's made. I feel like the Panthers' defense can be taken more advantage of than the Seattle defense. Um, so with that being said, I'll lean Lynch more than Stewart. Um, I actually have Lynch second on my list behind David Johnson. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big Stewart guy. I know all year people have been talking about how he's a great DFS play because he gets 20 carries. I just feel like he doesn't do a ton with those 20 carries. Um, Newton's a vulture of his touchdowns down at the end zone, and I feel like he might get, you know, 90, 100 yards on a good day, which I know we're saying in this format, you're looking for 10 points, but I don't think that he can do that against this defense. I'm not going to roll the dice on Lynch just yet. I'd like to see him play first. And I don't even know if he's going to play. Who knows? Yeah, he, i got to be honest. He hasn't even been on my mind at all this week. I'm just considering that he's going to be inactive again. Uh, I think I'd roll the dice with Jonathan Stewart over Christine Michael in this one. Uh, I know Seattle's been good against the run, but I just feel like Carolina's going to be able to move the ball on them. And the threat of having Cam Newton also running the ball just makes their running attack a little bit different than everyone else's. So I expect Stort to, to cash in at least one this week and get, a, get in the end zone. So I'll go Stort over Michael. I'm, I'm staying away from all the running backs in this game. I feel like this both these defenses get exposed through the air. Um, so that's that's why I'm leaning just totally away from this game as far as the running backs are concerned. Plus, I feel like you can you can run on Arizona next week, so whichever one's available out of the two of them, um, that's who I'm going to probably be leaning to play next week. And then Pittsburgh, Denver, Fitz Toussaint, Jordan Todman. Um, by the way, FYI, my... Uh, DraftKings NBA lineup is just loaded with snowflakes. This this thing's over tonight. So um, I have I have now proven two nights in a row. I have no idea what I'm doing in the NBA, and my nice performance on Tuesday night is a total aberration. So getting back getting back to the real reason why we're doing this: Toussaint, Todman, Hillman, and C.J. Anderson. Um, I feel like you got to play one of the guys from this game. I just don't know who it is. Flip a coin. <laughs> because I, I have no idea. I don't, so you, I don't think I like flip. any of the Steelers running backs because I just don't know what this offense is going to look like. So you flip um, a coin first to determine the team, and then you flip another coin to determine the running back? Yeah, or if you can find a four-sided coin, just flip it once. <laughs> um, 
because I have no clue. And then uh, it's tough to decide between Tucson and Todman. Tucson out-touched him, but Todman was right there as far as what they did with those touches. Um, it seemed like they wanted to use Tucson inside more and get Todman to the edge. It seemed like they, you know, I talked last week that they would they would kind of find what Tucson was good at and tailor their play calling to him. And I think they took that a step further and figured out what each Tucson and Todman were good at and really tailored their play calling to both those guys. It felt like they used them both appropriately and used them both the right way. Um, with C.J. Anderson and Hillman, it's been a crapshoot all year, and I don't see that changing. I think I like Anderson more because I'm not completely sold that Peyton Manning is going to be able to take snaps from under center. All it takes is one weird push off that foot, one hit that's weird, and, and he's going to be in the gun. And when they go gun, I feel like Anderson's their guy because he's their pass protector. So I just feel like Anderson's snaps are going to be higher than Hillman's. So that makes me lean him over Hillman. But I certainly don't like any of it coming out of this game. Yeah, I certainly don't like any of the Steelers' backs in this game. Uh, I would... Wouldn't have a problem playing either Denver running back in this game. I think they're going to run for 200 yards in this one. I like them to just pound the rock and just dominate from start to finish. So I think I like Anderson and Hillman this week, and both have pretty solid games. So you don't like either of the Steelers running backs after everything you've talked about Steelers running backs all year? Yeah, I mean, usually Steelers running backs are fantasy gold. I mean, I guess part of that is because I can't play Toussaint this week, so I mean, I can't even consider it. Uh, after I started him last week. and I, He's got to be the play over Todman. Yeah, I would take Tucson over Todman. I felt like he was more of a pass-catching option a little bit. I'm not even sure if I'm right about that. It seemed like he, it, yeah, I think it was that was. way. Yeah. But I definitely like Tucson over Todman, but I just don't see either of them having an impact game in this one. If Ben can't throw the ball effectively in this one, I, Denver's defense is going to be just pressuring them all game long. I don't see the Steelers being able to get the run game going. Yeah, I'm probably leaning Toussaint, Anderson, Todman, Hillman. I don't know. I'm just I'm out on Hillman. I feel like he's not very good, but I he could get 20 touches on Sunday. So I'm probably gonna steer clear of the Denver running back um, running backs until I have to choose one of them at some point. Uh, let's move on. Wide receivers. First game should be quick and easy. Um, no one, no one's using Macklin, right? No. Can't. He might not even play. And then um, Albert Wilson and Chris Conley are probably the two other considerations for this pool. Probably not considering them, but I am considering one of the two in um, FanDuel or DraftKings because of the price, low price. So am I kind of correct in that assessment, or you guys disagree? I'd agree for the most part. You know, as I was ranking these receivers, I was just kind of thinking back to that game. I remember asking, like, why does it seem like Albert Wilson is the number one threat? Like, Macklin didn't get a catch until it was either right before halftime or right after halftime. It just seemed like they were feeding Albert Wilson a lot more. Um, In this format, I don't think you can take a big risk on him, but... I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't think he can in any of the spots that we're in. I think if you're behind, he's a guy that you might take a risk on. 
but I don't think if you're in it, you need that risk right now. So, yeah, I kind of agree with that too. And I just don't think you can play Wilson or Conley in this matchup in the playoff pool. But the prices are cheap on DFS. Wilson got targets, but then Conley caught the touchdown. So, Stein, I know you had Wilson in a lineup last week. Is he a guy you're looking at again this week? Yeah, I expect, actually expected Wilson to have a nice game last week. And if he catches that bomb, I mean, it pays off for me. I had him in a bunch of my lineups in daily. Um, what the Patriots normally do, I mean, we talk about it a lot, is they like to take your best weapon away. I'm not really sure what that is for the Chiefs, really, at this point. Um, I guess it, I, My guess is they're going to take Travis Kelsey away, but I don't know. Um, if that's the case, I mean, I think Wilson's definitely a solid play. Uh, I, I could definitely see him having a 6-7 catch game in this one, turned into 70-80 yards. Um, especially look like they're, they're willing to take a deep shot with them when they get a chance. So I think Wilson's definitely the play over Conley here. Uh, I'm not going to have either of them in my lineup. But yeah. I, I could definitely see Wilson being a value play in, in a daily lineup. Yeah, so the way the Patriots have taken away the number one receiving option all season is they double-team the number one option and stick Malcolm Butler on the number two option, which makes a lot of sense. You can't do that with Kelsey, I don't think. You're not going to waste Malcolm Butler on Kelsey, and you're not going to double-team him. So maybe, I mean, I've been thinking maybe Kelsey wasn't an option because of that, but maybe now he is an option this week with you know that kind of thinking. So, I don't know. Um, wide receiver plays for New England. It's Edelman and no one else, or is Amendola a consideration? I don't think so. Not in this format. Again, I just think you need someone that you know has a high floor in what you're, in what we're going with with this format. And I'm not sure that he has that with Edelman back. Yeah, I don't think you can play Amendola this week. You can certainly play Edelman, I think. Uh, it's still a little risky. You never know with the injury. But... I'm not going to be able to risk taking either of them in this game, I don't think. I really think the Patriots are going to win the game, so I don't really feel like you have to play either of those guys at receiver. And I think you're going to still have the option to play them later on down the line, so I'm not going to take the risk on any Patriots wide receivers in this one. All right, um, five, five wide receivers to consider in the Packers-Arizona game. James Jones, Randall Cobb. John Brown, Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Ed, I'll let you talk about the Arizona receivers and how you th- feel about them. And then Stein, I'll let you talk about the Green Bay ones since you feel like they may be able to move a little of the ball a little bit in this game. So, um, Ed, give me your strategy on how you're handling the Arizona receivers. With I, I feel like with three nice options like these three guys are, and three weeks left, you can kind of spread them around and use one every week if you have to. So I wanted to know what what your thought process is. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, gonna play the matchup. I think. I think if you're playing Palmer, I feel like it makes sense to have one of them. Um, and at this stage of the game, where we lie, I think Floyd is the best option. I think he gives you that mix of a high volume game with the ability to catch a ball over the top and, and make a big play. Um, and he's still a threat inside the red zone because he's still a big body. So he's kind of the do-it-all guy. Um, and then I'll put Fitz second just because he's that high-volume guy. 
and they're going to feed him when they get inside the red zone. It's It's been known that Arians wants to get him the ball inside the red zone because of what he means to their team, what he means to their offense, and everything that he does for them. So I'll put him second. I'll put John Brown last just because he's the, he's the roll of the dice guy. He's got that extremely high ceiling if he goes off and catches two bombs. Um, but, you know, Stein's been quoting him for zeros all year, so, I mean, that, that risk is still out there that he could have a clunker for you. And I think at this stage of the game, you you don't want that high-risk guy right now. You're looking to just stay in it, stay up near the leaders, um, and play the guys that have a high floor with a high ceiling. For me, that's Floyd, Fitz, and Brown in that order. Yeah, I know you wanted me to touch on Green Bay. I'll just count, I'll just jump in on you here real quick, Ed. Would it be fair to say I think we might see John Brown in lineups for people that are a little bit behind this week? Uh, that's actually what my thinking was going to be. I think we might see more Fitzgerald and Floyd from uh, from the guys that are more near the lead, and maybe John Brown plays from guys that need a, need that big effort to get back into it, maybe thirty points down or so. Absolutely, I think so. I think that's where the strategies have to differ. I think if you're up in the top half, you know where all of us sit within twenty points. I think that's where it kind of cuts off. I think after eight, it starts to get outside twenty points. Um, so I think if you're in that realm, you're looking for guys that you know you're going to get a good game out of. I think if you're outside of that, you know, chasing points a little bit, you got to go for those high-ceiling guys and try to roll the dice and almost take that GPP format and, and bring someone that's going to help you catch up and, and fade some of the guys that are going to be higher ownership and shoot for that uh, high score that no one else really has to make some headway. I, I like John Brown this week. Um, I don't know which one I'll play, but... You know, I'll just say that if Arizona had been playing the Redskins this week, I'd be all over Michael Floyd because they struggle against big wide receivers in the red zone. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, all right, I'll touch on Green Bay. And I guess it looks like Devontae Adams, has he even been ruled out yet? I think uh, yeah. So it's we're looking at Randall Cobb and James Jones here. I guess Aberderis could be thrown into. Um, I think the, the clear choice here is Randall Cobb and... We, we watched that game together last week, and Ed, Ed was beating that horse. Uh, Randall Cobb's kind of their do-it-all guy now. Uh, he was lined up in the backfield about ten times last week. Uh, they're, they're handing the ball off to him. So, I mean, if he's going to be getting that kind of volume, I mean, not that he's going to be a, a really effective in the running game. I don't see that. But just out of sheer touches for Cobb, he's got to be the top play, I guess, for Green Bay. And I don't think it's a very good week for James Jones this week. I thought last week was the week to have him. Uh, this week, I don't really see him doing much against Arizona's defense. But I expect a nice day out of Cobb, so I wouldn't mind playing him. Um, Aberderis is a guy I'm considering in uh, daily just because he's going to be dirt cheap. And I feel like he got some looks last week with Adams healthy. And with Adams not healthy this week, I feel like maybe he gets a slight boost. I'm with you on that. I feel like Aberderis might draw that typical Tyran Matthew spot that they're trying to possibly fill the void of. I'm not sure that they have that figured out yet. I'm not well read on what they've done to to compensate for that. But I think um, we may see Patrick Peterson follow around Cobb. I really don't like any of these guys, and it helps that I've already used Cobb. Um, that, that makes it easy to kind of fade all these guys. But I, I'm with you. And that thought process of Aberderis for, you know, a tournament play. All right, so let's have some fun here with the Seattle-Carolina receivers. Um, 
I think there's three to talk about on each team. Um, so one to ten, real quick. One to ten, one being least confident. I hate him. I wouldn't ever um, play him. Ten being he's a must play in your lineup. Um, one to ten on Doug Baldwin. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's no tens in this matchup. I don't think. Oh, definitely, um, but I figured, what's that? Definitely, but I figured I'd give you an option. Yeah. Um, if I'm going off of this matchup alone, for the week, I don't like any of these guys. But this matchup alone, I think Baldwin's probably the best bet. I feel like. Um, I don't even know saying that. You know, Josh Norman could be following him around. I don't, I'd probably just give him a six or a seven as probably one of the higher guys that I'll rate. One to ten on Baldwin. I'm going to go eight on Baldwin. Uh, he seems to be just the number one target. And at some point, we have to be a believer, I guess. And he seems to be getting in the end zone every week. So if I'm following along here correctly, you think this game is going to be a shootout. You don't like any of the receivers, Ed, but you love Marshawn Lynch. So is he going for 203 scores in this one? I said the game had the, the potential to be a shootout. Okay. It also has the potential to be a defensive struggle. Um, I don't I don't know what we're going to get here. I think both defenses have shown signs of being good. I think both defenses have shown signs of being bad. And I think... Um, both offenses have shown signs of being explosive, so I really can see it going either way. Um, playing the over-under is something that I would steer clear of for sure because, I mean, I really see it going either way. Yeah, this one, I mean, I love when these two teams get together. I, I always say it in, like, college basketball and NBA games. It's almost like when one of the guys, like, makes a spectacular play or a big dunk, everyone on the, everyone on the court or on the field is like, all right, it's time to go. And they just just starts being big play after big play, and they love. There's like five, ten minute stretches where no one plays any defense. I, I could see this one being like that. I mean, I, ha- I feel like we have that kind of uh, setup here, where the Panthers and Seahawks have a lot of guys that are like, "Oh, you just did that. Well, here's what I'm going to do." So yeah. I-, I could see it going both ways, definitely. Yeah, I could see Cam Newton and Doug Baldwin sharing some words at some point. For me, Baldwin's probably. <sighs> I was going to say seven, but if I'm going to give him a seven, why not give him an eight? I feel like Russell Wilson is going to throw a touchdown in this game, at least one. If he throws a touchdown, I feel like there's a 75% chance it's going to go to Doug Baldwin. Um, you talked about Norman following him around. Norman's going to have to go in the slot if he's going to do that and because Baldwin does line up in the slot sometimes. So um, I like Baldwin as a play this week. Um, Tyler Lockett, one to ten. I'll go just I'll go four. I just don't think there's enough volume for him there. I think he is extremely talented. Um, he's extremely fast. He seems like he can go up and get it. There was a lot of big play potential there for him last week that he just didn't haul him in. I just don't think the volume's there enough to trust him, especially in this format. Um, I think he's a guy that always kind of lingers in that potential TFS lineup because he's a guy that could be that guy that goes off on a particular week with a couple big plays. I'm going to go five. And I really think that's high. I'm just going to go based on if Carolina chooses to pick Baldwin as the one they really want to shut down. I guess Lockett's the next option. So 
I could see him picking up some of the slack if Baldwin's completely taken out of the game, but I really don't expect Lockett to have uh, much production in this one. I'm going to put Lockett at about a three. Um, I just don't think... I don't think his style of play plays in the playoffs. I don't know. I think you got to be a little more physical in the playoffs, and I, I like Jermaine Curse better than him, so my next guy is Jermaine Curse. Two. <laughs> I, I just feel like... I just feel like we're we're getting too deep into the barrel when it goes to that. Um, I just don't think Seattle's going to spread the ball around all that much, so you're getting kind of deep into it when you go all the way down to their third receiver. Yeah, I'm going to go one. Uh, I don't think Curse can be played in this one. No, I don't think Curse can be played, but I think he's a decent shot for a touchdown, so he's another guy considering daily. He's not considering this playoff pool. Alright, and then let's just rank the Carolina receivers. Ginn, Funchess, Philly Brown, and Cotchery. This one is as tough to do, I feel like. I I guess Ginn's got to be your number one because he is their number one. After that, it's really hit or miss. Um, I'll go Cotri, Funches, Philly Brown. Yeah, I'll go Guinness as your number one there. I'll go Philly Brown two, Cotri three, and Funches four. Uh, there's no way I could consider playing Funches in any of my lineups this week. Uh, I don't even know if he gets a catch, to be honest. So, but I guess Ted, Ted Ginn is an interesting play for me. Uh, with what Carolina likes to do, if you're going to stop their running game and stop Cam Newton from running the football, it just seems like those deep plays are available to them. And I can see him getting behind the Seattle defense once or twice. So Ted Ginn's an interesting option for me in daily and in the playoff pool. Yeah, like Ginn, you beat the Seattle secondary behind them, not in front of them. So that's why I like Ginn. Um we did get overtime in the Bulls-Sixers game, by the way, but almost double OT. Doesn't look like anybody did much in overtime, but um, that's always nice when you get an extra five minutes from your players. Wide receiver plays for Pittsburgh. I'm going to assume Brown's out at this point. Um, who do you like better if Brown's out, Wheaton or Bryant? considering putting in my lineup in the flex um, I don't know how confident I am in it the one thing that I think he does more than Wheaton is the screen game that's definitely where they want to use him a lot that you know get a couple catches and runs I think he's gonna have to have a pretty high volume here um, this week if Brown's out so I'm definitely considering it I'm gonna wait to hold out and see what comes across with Ben, even though I feel like they're playing it close to the vest. and He's been all over the radio talking about how hurt he is. I don't know if he's playing it up or if it's legit, but that's going to be tough. I know we talked last week about Heath Miller having a potential uptick in this lineup, and I think that might be more true this week than last. You know, The only thing that made us feel like that last week was the running back situation, but now we've got the running back situation, Brown out, and Roethlisberger can't throw it down the field. So I feel like those tight end option routes become 
more of a threat. So I feel like, you know, Heath might be a better play than all of them. I'll take Wheaton over Bryant uh, for a lot of the reasons you said. I don't. Ben doesn't seem like he can throw the ball down the field. That injury looked like it was pretty severe. He's going to play. He's a gamer. Um, but I'll take my chances with Wheaton catching some underneath balls and some more shorter routes for the Steelers this week than I will Bryant getting behind Chris Harris, who might be matched up with him if I'll, Brown can't go. I'll take Bryant because of the catch and run potential. Um, seeing what he does with the ball in his hands. I know he is a deep play threat, but um, he's also probably the best bet to break one off for 60-plus um, and break some tackles. So I'll take Bryant if Brown doesn't play. Um, and then real quick, Sanders or Thomas, who do you like better in this one? I like Sanders better, um, but I have both of them in the top three for my rankings for overall receivers for the weekend. Yeah, they both had huge games against Pittsburgh last time they got together. Uh, Sanders, more from the yardage perspective, DT got in the end zone twice. Uh, I'll take Emmanuel in this one. Uh, I just think Peyton likes throwing him the ball a little bit more than he does Thomas for whatever reason. I think they both have good games, though. So, Yeah, I'll take Sanders, too, just because he's going back again to play the Steelers. I feel like he always likes proving something against them, so I'll take Sanders as well. And then for, for me, there's three tight end options to really consider this week. Gronk, Kelsey, and Olsen. Um, who do you guys think has a better week out of the three of them? And are you guys considering using Gronk at all? For me, between the three of them, I think it's Olsen. Um, if there's one thing that Seattle definitely has been vulnerable to all year, I feel like it's the tight end spot. Um so I think the top out of those guys is Olsen. Um, like I just said with Heath Miller, I think he still creeps up in the back of my mind. I don't like it. Um, but as a team that I don't see going deep, maybe to get a cheap one over and save, Heath Miller becomes an option. Well, I think Gronk's the top play here because he's the best player out of everyone. So <laughs> I don't really think it's that close. Um but I definitely, I think Olsen has a nice week as well. Uh, he beat up Seattle when they got together earlier this year. I mean, I know it was late when he got most of his points, but he did get in the end zone. Um, obviously, I can't play Kelsey. I don't see him having a good game this week either, so um, I think that's a little bit of a risky play. And Heath Miller actually is on my radar for this week, being a guy that doesn't have a Travis Kelsey available to me. you got to start looking at some other options at tight end. Heath Miller as an option if Antonio Brown is out. Uh, if Brown plays, I, I'll probably stay away from Heath. But if Brown's out, Heath definitely jumps into the conversation from my perspective for not having Travis Kelsey available to me. So Owen Daniels is a guy I'm looking at too. Uh, I don't know that I start on this week. I think he's more of a guy you hope they make it far and you have him available. But he's definitely a guy I could see doing some damage this week. Uh, I think Olsen's the top play, especially with hearing about Gronk's knee maybe flaring up uh, this week. But I think Olsen's done well against Seattle. And like Eddie said, I think that's how you beat Seattle is at the tight end. So I like Olsen as the top threat for Cam Newton. Um, that kind of wraps up our, our top plays of the week. Fretz, I got a question for you. Do you wa- Are you a football fan? you watch football at all? No? Who, give us a Super Bowl pick. Super Bowl pick. Um, 
don't know. It's a pretty tough one. Like seeing the season. I'm gonna go with Carolina though. All right. Good. You're on. You're on Carolina with myself and Eddie here. Even though Ed, I think, took Seattle in the points tonight. So, um, all right, Ed, give us a daily lineup, either FanDuel or DraftKings. Give us a lineup you're running out there. I'll throw out my DraftKings lineup. I've kind of faded out of FanDuel. I like the flex more than I like the kicker. Um, so I'm going to go Palmer, Johnson, White, Martavis Bryant, uh, Larry Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald, Emmanuel Sanders. I have Kelsey in there right now, uh, Floyd, and the Cardinals D. Uh, this is one I was throwing around. Uh, not sure if I'm going to stick with it, but Alex Smith at QB, David Johnson and C.J. Anderson, Fitzy, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cobb, Olsen, and the Patriots D. Interesting Alex Smith play. You love just not spending any money at quarterback. I never like to spend my money on the quarterback position, and I've played a lot of quarterbacks against the New England defense this year just because I feel like they're always chasing, and they have potential to pick up some garbage points late in the game. All right, so I was just about to read a lineup, and then I realized I had Tyler Lockett in it, and I just bashed him, so I had to quick make a change here. Um, Russell Wilson, David Johnson, James White, Doug Baldwin, Chris Conley, Martavis Bryant, Travis Kelsey, Demarius Thomas, and the Broncos defense. Um, I think the Broncos defense has to be the play this week with all the injuries the Steelers have. Um, Ed, do you got any bold predictions for us? By the way, the Sixers blew a 23-point lead, and they lost by four in overtime. So, good stuff out of Philadelphia. is that David Johnson goes for three total touchdowns. I think he's going to be a monster this week. I don't think the Packers defense is good. Um, I think he's going to be leaned on heavily here. I think he's going to be the top play across the whole board for this week, and I think he's a must play in every type of lineup. Keep going, because I don't think Stein has any. You got a two-for-one special this week, Ed? I... Yeah... Uh, well, I, I don't really have a two-for-one special. We did all of our picks. Um, I'm going to throw Pittsburgh out there to win just because I want to, and I want them to. And I'll pair that with uh, Seattle-Carolina over 44 is what I have it at. I'm going to take that over. I, I said it has the potential to be explosive. I mean, it also has the potential to stay way under, but I think it's going to be more explosive than, than a defensive battle. So... Uh, I'll throw one out here. Uh, we don't have one game this weekend that stays within single digits. Uh, I think we have four blowouts on our hands here. Um, I see Arizona, Denver, Kansas City, and Carolina beating up on their opponents this week. And uh, I think we're going to be in some, some bad football games as far as competitive-wise. All right, so I'll just throw one out here. The eight, the eight quarterbacks in these four games... Um, they go over 225 fantasy points between the eight of them. So that's just under 30 per person. Um, I think there's going to be footballs flying all over the place this weekend. We talked about how dismal the running back landscape is. So I like almost all the quarterbacks this week um, to do well. I think even guys like Ben, who was banged up, feel like he's going to have to throw to, to get some points. And I feel like... He could somehow get to maybe 15, 
or 18 or so. So, um, anything else for you guys to add here? Yeah, the one thing we talked about earlier this week that was just kind of a fun football thing um, I heard on a show that I was listening to is in these games, you've got, what was it, Cos four, four first overall selections yep. at quarterback yep. with Alex Smith, Carson Palmer, Cam Newton, and Peyton Manning. And uh, I said to Cos, it's like this round of the playoffs is kind of special because we're getting a chance to see what's been um, really the past you know decade and a half, two decades of the quarterback position here with, with uh, Manning, and Brady and some of those guys and then we're getting to see what what kind of the next decade or two kind of looks like with guys like Russell Wilson Cam Newton Aaron Rodgers still has a lot of life in him uh so does Ben and uh you know it's just interesting to see the the quarterbacks and you hear outside the quarterback league and I think that that's being proven here in the second round of the playoffs I guess the one, yeah, the one quarterback that doesn't really fit in here is, is Alex Smith. I guess. I mean, Palmer seems to be, always be an outcast guy as well, but I feel like he's probably most most underrated guy in, in these playoffs. I mean, Palmer Palmer plays a pretty good quarterback. Palmer's the only guy out of these eight that doesn't have a playoff win in, in his resume either, which I thought was just crazy. Yep. He spent all those dismal years in Cincinnati, so I'm looking forward to the four games this weekend, Ed. I hope the Steelers uh, put up some kind of a showing for you. I know that would be disappointing to see them kind of end this way with the injuries that happened last week. But I am going to be rooting for Denver uh, because I want Peyton Manning to win another Super Bowl. So uh, thanks for listening. We are wrapping up now. Um, Good luck, and make sure you guys play NBA all weekend. Thanks. Thanks.